You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Monday morning in Tuscaloosa. It is time for Southern Fried Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. Never too late, by the way, to get by. Peter Brook Chocolates here. Big holiday week, and they'll be ready for you on Black Friday as well. Going to take the Thursday holiday off as we pretty much all are. Well, not all of us. If you're in the sports industry in some form or fashion this time of year, it's not entirely an off day, but Peter Brook will take the day, but then right back at it on Friday through the weekend. So they're there for you. If you need that emergency fix, that feel good that that outstanding chocolate from Peter Brook Chocolatier can bring about, they're right there, 1530 McFarland Boulevard north joined on the program by the executive producer of southern fried sports mr jacob harrison who together we combined to form the 60 minute man woo woo of sports talk radio jacob how you doing this morning i'm doing all right uh did 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 you get your woo there I didn't get it, but you know, I'm always oh, ready. It, oh, it played. Oh no, it's in there. It, it, it was in there. It went over air. It just didn't give it to you. It's all good. Ah, okay. <laughs> Here we go. Well, you know, like I said, I'm ready. I've always got a woo ready to go. Uh, we got winners and losers on this Monday, which is what we typically do coming off a big sports weekend. Obviously, the college football, a big part of that talk today on the program. The Alabama Crimson Tide, a 60 point winner. Over a depleted Kentucky squad. A lot of the matchups, man, that we went through hoops and extra links to get to you that you don't get anywhere else. I mean, that's why this is the varsity program, right? A lot of those matchups went out the window about Friday evening or so when the report started to come out that our guy, Chris Rodriguez, the leading rusher for the Kentucky Wildcats, wasn't going to play in the game. Uh, Jamin Davis, the starting middle linebacker, a guy that we previewed in a matchup with Najee Harris, Brian Robinson, and the Alabama running backs last week on BamaOnline.com. He doesn't play in the game. You had a significant loss at the interior offensive line positions for Kentucky. Hell, even perhaps the best punter in the country didn't get to play in the game for UK and Max Duffy. But look, we all expected Alabama to win the game. But the uh, final of 63-3, to that was still a bit of a surprise. Uh, And as much as anything else, Alabama looked like a team that needed to play a football game. No matter who it was, no matter who showed up, Alabama on hiatus, at least from a game perspective since Halloween, needed to play somebody. And it showed early, like a team that hadn't played in, well, three Saturdays or so. Uh, But in due time, got things together. The offense pretty much clicking from the start. Uh, Getting some good things once again out of Mac Jones. Really good early script from Steve Sarkeesian. Seems like he has a shot play dialed up to open things on just about a weekly basis. This time, I think it surprised even Kentucky. Not only that Jalil Billingsley got the start at tight end with Miller Forstall out, 
But that Sark and Mac Jones wasted no time dialing him up on that deep out route to the other side of the field and caught Kentucky in his own defense there and uh, big chunk play for Jalil Billingsley, the sophomore tight end. And, you know, defensively, it, it took a little while. Took a little while. But uh, whether it was good fortune, whether it was some mistakes on Kentucky's behalf, especially where shotgun and field goal snaps were concerned, it all worked out to the good for the Alabama Crimson side, settled in as that game moved along. You know, Kentucky was a real problem for Alabama on some early downs to start the game Saturday. Things improved as the game moved along, and uh, you know, another defensive touchdown for Alabama. Jordan Battle this time. Three straight games now for the Crimson Tide, finding the uh, end zone on the defensive side of the ball. It's a nice stretch. That's a good one to have going into this week's Iron Bowl. So an opportunity to work out some kinks. Alabama still very much atop the polls nationally, more so actually than they have been at any point the last couple of weeks. So the Crimson Tide's uh, firmly cemented as the top team in the country as the Auburn Tigers come calling this Saturday to Bryant-Denny Stadium. So we'll continue to work up towards that matchup as we move throughout the week. But more of a recap and a review of the sports weekend. Jacob Harrison's a happy dude. His Pittsburgh Steelers, first time. This sort of surprised me, Jacob, because I, again, during my formative sports years, I was a pretty big Steelers fan. That changed, obviously, when Jacksonville got a team. We had, And believe it or not, we used to actually – have a pretty daggum formidable team down there in Northeast Florida. But the Pittsburgh Steelers, for the first time in franchise history, 10 and oh. How about that, Jacob? Feels good, man. And uh, I'm sorry it came at your expense, but I've been on the receiving <laughs> end of some of those pretty daggum good uh, uh, Eastern teams from from the Jaguars. Uh, I remember David Garrard uh, tearing us up one time in the playoffs. So, I mean, I, I feel that. But, uh, yeah, it is kind of surprising in the storied history that this is the first time that they've ever even been 9-0, and let, let alone 10-0. and But uh, hopefully they can keep things going with uh, Thanksgiving against the Ratbirds, who are, are reeling right now after Derrick Henry put it on them. Oh, gosh, that was a rubber stamp line from Derrick Henry yesterday up in Baltimore. And the cruelest of finishes to see – the license plate for number 22 as he uh, raced into the end zone there in B-more to finish that one off in OT. But it just, you know, you keep hearing these draft analysts from you know that, that have been doing this for a while. Some of them were just so intent on Derrick Henry not being an upper echelon NFL running back, let alone a leading rusher in the National Football League. And some of the guys that I follow on the timeline, they continue to try to devalue Derrick Henry that, oh, yeah, but he comes out of the game on third down, this, that. And, that. and all he does, all Derrick Henry does, kind of like when Chris Carter played in the National Football League, and they always said about Chris Carter, all he does is catch touchdown passes. All Derrick Henry seems to do on a weekly basis is carry it 20 times for 130 yards and a couple touchdowns. That's all Derrick Henry seems to do. Good way to make and a living. He did that once again. Yeah. And look, I thought the Titans got off light on the new deal that he got. I thought they uh, they were able to get a lot of value based on what Derrick Henry's given them and what he continues to provide. So uh, good work by Derrick Henry and the Titans yesterday. Yeah, for my Jags, you know, it was okay uh, because a couple of things were in play yesterday. First, our draft status, right? We don't want to give up at least the second pick. Uh, even though we did see Justin Fields throw three picks on Saturday against Indiana, that's okay. That's that's okay. We we can we can still deal with that. Uh, but the Jags able to maintain their status right now as the second pick overall in the 2021 draft. So that worked out at the expense of the Steelers. And also, Jacob, I had the Steelers defense yesterday in fantasy football. So those Jake Luton picks <laughs> that he were is handing out like. Uh, Handing out like, uh, you know, a macaroni and cheese or mashed potatoes at, at Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, they didn't hurt as bad. You know, they didn't hurt as bad because they were going to the right team yesterday. He was throwing them to the right team. And the right guy. Minka getting thing. two of them. Yeah, Minka just keeps doing it, man. I mean, it's just, it's like Derrick Henry. 
know, there were questions about Minka even after he was in the league with the Dolphins. Well, is he a corner? Is he a safety? You know, I think Minka himself wanted to be a corner. All I know is he takes the ball away a lot. And there's value in that as well. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line. If you'd like to check in with us on a Winners and Losers Monday, you are more than welcome to do so. I've got a list here. Is it too early to have like a Santa's list? Like a CBS receipt. Have you ever seen a list like that from CBS, man? How about the receipts from CBS? I trip over the damn things when I try to walk out of the store. They're so long. They get caught in my spokes. Uh, but we do have a somewhat lengthy list of both winners and losers from the sports weekend, so we'll get into that. Look, we talked about the Alabama defense to open the show. It wasn't always pretty, but here's the bottom line, and it's something Nick Saban has preached really throughout this season. Uh, stops. Stops over stats. And there was some good fortune for the Alabama defense on Saturday. I don't think anyone would deny that, especially in the first quarter and a half or so. But at the end of the day, this defense has now gone two full games without giving up a touchdown. Okay, you know, Mississippi State, although the Bulldogs looked improved, didn't they? Looked improved in Athens. Kirby's pretty stubborn, though. Kirby ain't going to play that zone coverage. Kirby's still going to man you up, by God. And when you do that, still, against even this Mississippi State offense, it has the potential to roll up some yards on you. Uh, Okay, so Mississippi State and Kentucky offensively, when you look at the SEC statistical categories, not exactly uh, top three, either one of those. But from a psyche perspective, it's still a good thing for this defense. Now, look, this week's going to be a much bigger challenge. Don't fool yourself. Don't kid yourself. You know, giving up a combined three points to teams like Mississippi State and Kentucky, that doesn't translate to this week. I'm sorry. I wish I could tell you that it's all part of this trend where the Alabama defense is headed, but I still see too many times where, and especially early in the game, because Auburn isn't going to grant you the gifts this week that Kentucky did in the first quarter and a half on Saturday. If you don't come out ready to play and you're kind of getting gashed on early downs like Alabama did on Saturday, Auburn will put 10 to 17 points on the board in the first quarter and a half. Now, the good news for Alabama is, It might have 21 by the midway point of the second quarter. But, um, yeah, it's nice from a psyche perspective. But, again, is it really relative or relevant to what's going to happen this week with this Auburn offense? No, it's not. Now, Auburn's got some questions coming into the game. We'll get into some of those as we move throughout the week as well as we learn more about the status of Tank Uh, Bixby at the running back position. Still have quality depth there. Sean Shivers, the rest of those guys. Uh, Look like another injury to the Auburn offensive line in the win over Tennessee on Saturday night down at Jordan-Hare Stadium. So some things to update from a health perspective. Alabama's in that boat, too. Slade Bolden goes out of the game there to start the third quarter on a kickoff return by Brian Robinson. Javon Baker comes into the game and quickly looks as if he's not comfortable. You had an 18-yard completion to Devontae Smith on that opening series of the third quarter, but it looked like Javon Baker ran his route basically into the same area where Devontae was. Now, maybe Devontae just adjusted his route. Maybe that was the case. But the good news is, if you can get Miller Forrestall back in the lineup this week, and Nick Saban said after the game Saturday evening that it seemed to be more of a precautionary thing with Miller Forrestall than anything else. Boy, November's been tough to Miller Forstall the last couple of years, right? Missed the entire month of November last year with that voice box issue, that larynx issue. And now this year, well, Alabama doesn't get to play uh, at LSU coming off the bye week. You know, he hasn't played in a game in November since 2017. So just getting Miller Forstall back would be great if Slade Bolden is hobbled or limited in any way, unavailable for this week, because you might have to go more two tight end sets. And what you liked about Jalil Billingsley and what you saw from him against Kentucky is that even if you're two tights a lot on Saturday, between Forrestall and especially Billingsley, you still have some schematic 
flexibility in what you can do with both of those guys, but especially Billingsley right now. I mean, you can be two tight ends with Mechie and Devontae Smith at wide receiver and, you know, flex out Billingsley and kind of transform to a three wide receiver set that is still pretty legit. And then you still have Najee Harris in the back backfield to go along with Mac Jones and that offensive line. So, you know, we'll see how Alabama goes about that if it comes down to it. What about Dabo Sweeney? Dabo was mad, wasn't he? Dabo's still mad, maybe. Dabo wasn't happy about taking the squad down to tally, spending the night, and then finding out on game day morn that there's no game. No game between Clemson and Florida State. Dabo and his athletic director basically calling FSU out for not wanting to play the game. Now, you know, I've heard comparisons to this uh, Clemson-Florida State situation to Alabama and LSU. Well, no, it's not. You know, it's not the same thing because whereas I think understandably to an extent, Alabama fans and probably even behind closed doors over there off Bryant Drive, uh, kind of a, a, a questionable scenario involving LSU and not getting that game played uh, a couple weeks ago down in Baton Rouge. That came from the LSU end of things. Dabo and his AD are going nuts on Florida State, but it was Clemson that had the sick player that it traveled to Tallahassee. And then, you know, showed up on game day morning with a positive with this player. And look, I'm not saying FSU wanted to play the game. I think FSU right now, FSU has two things working for it right now, potentially. The fact that it may not play Clemson, and that it knows it won't play Florida. Because think of Florida State right now if you still had Clemson and Florida on that schedule. So that could work out to Florida State's benefit. And I'm not saying, again, that Florida State really wanted anything to do with Clemson. But Clemson, and this isn't to throw shade at the, the player or the, you know, it is what it is with this stuff. And so you show up with a positive test and a player you traveled and practiced with all week you basically give the other team the out and that's what happened and so uh no there isn't going to be a forfeit i don't think and what's going to be interesting now though as much as anything once you get past all the whining yelping from Dabo and the clemson people is how does the acc handle this because Dabo has been adamant and so has his ad that Clemson ain't, isn't going back to Tallahassee unless somebody foots the bill on the travel. Um, we'll see how that goes. You know, that that's kind of a, a situation where you would think the league's going to go back to Dabo and Clemson and say, look, you, you're going to go back down there. So, you know, and, and you're going to pay for it because it was your positive test. It wasn't that Clemson went down there, showed up, and then Florida State says, you know what? We've had some issues with COVID some of which we just became aware of this morning. Sorry, guys, you're going to have to take it back. That's not, no, that's not how that's going to work. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. Um, we're going to head to a quick break. And when we come back, more of winners and losers on a Monday after. And also, I'm going to pose the question with Thanksgiving just a few days away. What is the protein addition? slash alternative to turkey that is a part of your Thanksgiving spread on an annual basis. Is there one? Do you do a ham? Do you maybe do a roast? A protein that is additional or an alternative to turkey on Thanksgiving. Hard to imagine anybody would just go straight up alternative to a turkey on Thanksgiving, but maybe they do. Back with more of the show right after this. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports, and it's brought to you by C Spire. Add C Spire Fiber to your roster at cspire.com slash alfiber. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. The top-ranked Alabama football team improved to 7-0 on the season with a dominant 63-3 victory over Kentucky on Saturday in Tuscaloosa. 
Following the win, head coach Nick Saban addressed the media. I think we got off to a little bit of a slow start. Uh, the energy, uh, the intensity, uh, the attention to detail uh, early on in the game was you know, not what we wanted it to be, uh, but I think we played better and better and better as the game went on. Uh, we made some mental errors on defense early in the game and shifts and motions and uh, some things that we had worked on, but it was just a recognition you know, deal. And uh, offensively, I think we played better and better as the game went on. So I uh, was really pleased with the way our players responded uh, in the game. I'll have more in a moment. Here's to the couches, the lawn chairs. That worn-in recliner imprinted by yours truly. These are your front-row tickets to a very different college football season. And while you can't be at the game, Seaspire brings the crimson tide to you with the fastest internet speeds for home and business. Because slow is only good for replay. So call dibs on that seat next to the seven-layer dip. It's football season at Seaspire. Devontae Smith's touchdown reception in the second quarter was the 32nd of his career, making him the new Alabama and SEC record holder. Smith passed former Alabama wideout Amari Cooper, who held the record at Alabama 31. Cooper and Smith were both tied with Chris Doring of Florida for the SEC record prior to Saturday's game. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by C Spire. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network. A cool afternoon with a good supply of sunshine, the high 64. Tonight clear with the low at 40. Tomorrow, a mostly sunny day, the high 70. Then Wednesday, cloudy rain and thunderstorms moving in by afternoon. The high Wednesday at 72. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. over in Birmingham comes word. Devontae Smith, co-offensive player of the week after his record-setting outing against the Kentucky Wildcats on Saturday afternoon here in Tuscaloosa. Devontae Smith now, of course, the all-time touchdown reception leader not only in University of Alabama football history, but the Southeastern Conference as well. Devontae, uh, gosh, I don't know. Which throw do you think was better in the game, Jacob, on Saturday? The one from Mac Jones where he's drifting to his left, Brady-esque, and he just rifles that uh, that touchdown pass, the first of two. Uh, for Devontae in the game, touchdown catches uh, there on the back end line of the end zone that gave Devontae Smith the SEC and UA touchdown reception uh, record to himself or the deep ball. There was a couple from Bryce Young. I mean, Bryce Young only threw two passes in the game, both in the third quarter. Uh, I thought the throw on the deep ball to Devontae from Bryce was elite, but the individual effort on the touchdown pass where, you know, Evan Neal pretty much whiffed in pass protection and, um, and young had to sort of escape pressure and then moving to his right, kept his eyes up and fit a ball into Devante on the move. About the only place he could get it between two defenders, best throw of all those you thought Jacob in the game Saturday. I, I'm, I'm going to sound a little biased here, but I'm going to go with Mac Jones's simply because that, that backpedal and then putting the ball on a rope and, yeah. you know, back across the field, just, you know, ever so slightly back across the field. Uh, that That's one of those things that, 
that a lot of scouts for him going into the NFL don't think he can do. And it was just another form of him proving everybody wrong. But that's not to take away. I mean, the the deep throw to Devonta from Bryce reminded me of Manning to Manningham in the Super Bowl. And then the, the touchdown reminded me of stuff that Patrick Mahomes does on the regular basis. So all three incredible throws, no doubt. Yeah, it was really good news for the Alabama quarterback situation in a multitude of ways. And you're right. When you think about where Mac has come from, that's a play he can't make two years ago. But the physical and mental maturation uh, that he has experienced during his nearly four years on campus, uh, it showed up big time. That was a hell of a throw. You're right. That's a Sunday throw. That's a Monday night throw. That, that's one that that translates to the National Football League. Really good coverage on really all three of those plays too. That's kind of what made them all impressive. It's not like guys were just wide open. Uh, the quarterbacks had to really uh, emphasize ball placement on those throws and they were able to do it. Let's go to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line at 205-342-9904. I believe we have Lance waiting for us there. Lance, how you doing on this Monday? Good morning. Good morning, Travis. I just want to uh, ask a question and see <laughs> See what you thought about it. How does anybody uh, get stronger as the game goes up? How do they do that? You see all now, these other guys huffing and puffing and having to take breaks and, uh, <laughs> and be replaced, that sort of thing. And to me, running off and on the field just for one play, it looks like you have as much energy taken away from you right there as you would staying on the field running a play or something. <laughs> you know, Lance, it always seems like it's the bigger guys we're talking about, though, right? When we talk about those kind of guys. And a wise man once told me the big guys don't get smaller, but the fast guys get slower as the game goes along. So who are we talking about? Yeah. Derrick Henry? We, is that who we're talking about here? Well, we're talking about anybody. Anybody. Yeah. How they get stronger. Yeah. Man, I, I get Tired as as uh, as I go on, you know, any physical activity. <laughs> so at I don't know how he does. At two, at two o'clock in the afternoon, wall hits me too. I'm not gonna lie to you, Lance. You know, I don't exactly ramp up as I go through the day here anymore. So I, I, I get you. I feel you on that. But you know, uh, he was he came from a craft A school, and I remember back in Bear Bryant's day. They wouldn't even look at anybody from a Class A school because of the competition. You know, it felt like they didn't have good competition, but they probably would Derek Derek Hendricks case, though, wouldn't you think? I think the biggest thing with Derek coming out of Uly High School was questions about his ultimate position. You know, you still had so many guys as he moved throughout his career because he was so good so early. They they were able and did schedule tougher and tougher as he moved along. But, no, okay. he didn't come from a Hoover. He certainly didn't come from a Valdosta High or something like that. But, uh, you know, with Derek, there were just so many people that were convinced. And if you look at him, you can kind of understand it because it's a lot easier to see kind of a Jack linebacker or an H-back or even an inside linebacker. <laughs> than a running back when you look at the guy. But uh, it's worked out okay, I'd say. He could play any position, I believe, with his speed and uh, and size there. You know, I really do. Well, let me just make a comment about Dabo. You think Dabo wrote down some cuss words and put them in his pocket? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lance, I think there's a few somewhere, either in the ether, uh, in an isolated spot, or maybe on a – on a piece of paper. Davo's not happy, man. He's not happy with those uh, Florida State Seminoles. He seems like he's more uptight this year to me. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm, he really does, you know. so. Uh, well, you know, I think Davo's like a lot of coaches, Lance. Think about it. When uh, can you recall a time where coaches, especially at that level, have been dictated to by situations outside of their control as much as they have? And you know they hate that. Nick Saban hates it, right? I mean, they right. don't like getting forced from their routines. 
They like knowing what they're going to do from the first period of this afternoon's practice through the 20th. And that's been anything but the case. So I think we've all got COVID fatigue at this point. So that's understandable. But, you know, with Dabo, sometimes I'm with him to a point. And then it's like, well, Dabo, you're you're yelling about you're you're upset about something that originated within your own team. You know, so that's where he loses me sometimes. I appreciate the passion. It's the uh, it's the. It's the uh, it's the reasoning sometimes with Dabo that doesn't exactly add up for me. I understand. I understand what you say. Well, all right. Well, I just want to make those comments there. So, uh, hey Lance, let that. me ask you a question. What now for yeah. th- oh, okay. now, now for Thanksgiving? Is it just the turkey for you and your crew, or do you do you have an additional protein like a ham? Or a roast? Is it turkey exclusive, or do you have another form of meat involved there? Oh, it's ham, ham always. Turkey ham and always. a ham, and turkey, Smoked and turkey. Ham. I'm talking about. Yeah, you got to have the turkey. So, oh yes. So it has to be okay. all that. But you know, we're staying in. Uh, my wife and I are staying in this time for Thanksgiving. No, uh, we're not traveling. Uh, yeah. We've been going to Mobile Spanish Fort down in there, but we. We're going to stay close to home here and then hopefully try it for Christmas down there, you know. Yes, sir. <laughs> We're pretty much in the same boat with you, Lance. Hopefully we can get back to that here in the not-too-distant future. Well, have a great holiday, my man. Thanks All for right, calling. Man. Do it again Thanks soon. a lot. Okay. There he Bye-bye. goes. Lance checking in. Want to know how these guys like Derrick Henry just keep doing it as the game moves along. And I think that's where some of the folks that were initially wrong about Derrick Henry as a running back in the national football league, that's where they're lying in wait. You know, they're ready to start seeing Derrick Henry. So some show some signs of the wear and tear, because even when he came out of Alabama off that 2015 Heisman trophy winning season, 395 carries for Derrick in 2015. So a lot of folks were harping on that. Ah, oh, the workload. They wear him out at Alabama. Forget about the fact that he pretty much shared the job in 2014 with T.J. Yeldon. He wasn't overworked at all the year prior to 2015. 2013, he was a rotational option down the down the way a little bit. But uh, that's where they're kind of waiting to see the chink in the armor for Derek. And he's not giving it to him just yet. We'll be back with more of Southern Fried Sports on a gorgeous Monday in Tuscaloosa. Show returns on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. Zero. You're listening to Tide 100.9. Are you in the holiday spirit? Check out Tuscaloosa's Home for the Holidays on Nick 97.5. All Christmas songs 24-7. Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Today's playlist, that guy right there, Bruce Hornsby, born on this day in 1954. Happy, G 66th birthday to Bruce Hornsby. Had it going there. The 80s into the 90s. Actually traveled with the Grateful Dead. Saw the Grateful Dead in the mid-90s at old RFK Stadium in Washington, D.C., and Bruce Hornsby was on the keys for the dead on that particular tour. Yeah, 
There you go. Little music trivia. We've always got something up our musical sleeves for you here on Southern Fried Sports. That may have been one of the first road trips the chocolate lady and I took together was to D.C. for a Grateful Dead show. And you had traffic opening with Steve Winwood. So how about that? Yeah, I figured if the chocolate lady could survive a dead show in July at RFK Stadium, she could pretty much hang in there for about anything. And she has. 205-342-9904, the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line, if you'd like to jump on board with us. Uh, we told you Devontae Smith, the co-offensive player of the week in the Southeastern Conference. SEC also announced that television and game times for the weekend of December the 5th are going to go into the six-day window mode. So it's reasonable to start to assume anyway that after this weekend, when you look at the 5th, the 12th, and then, of course, the 19th that's been added in the lead-up to the Southeastern Conference Championship game scheduled for that night, some things could be in motion as far as finalizing the weekends of the 5th and the 12th. Alabama, of course, gets Auburn here on Saturday and then is scheduled to go to Fayetteville, Arkansas, to take on the Razorbacks. You still got to figure out how you can potentially make LSU work in all this after the postponement on the 14th. And here's what I thought, by the way. The Arkansas-LSU game, not especially well played, I didn't think, on Saturday, but a competitive, fun game to watch, nonetheless. I thought Arkansas-LSU should have been an elimination game. And the winner, I know this sounds crazy, right? Why should the winner have to play Alabama? But that's kind of the way it should have worked or could have worked in terms of having as competitive as a situation as you could have moving forward. Uh, and then Alabama still had the 12th off in the lead up. Potentially try to do something similar if you could. Maybe not as possible with Florida because of LSU. You got Texas A&M all in this mess too. But um, I would have liked to have seen it played out that way. Winner of LSU, Arkansas plays Alabama on the 5th. Alabama keeps the uh, 12th free. And then uh, you kind of just figure it out with the rest of the SEC West and really the SEC in general as you're going to have those JV games now on Saturday, December the 19th, leading up to the varsity tilt that night at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. That day. Rusty wasn't a winner or a loser from over the weekend, by the way. Rusty goes two and two. Yeah. Rusty, you pushed. You pushed on your four picks. Two and two week. Better than the 0 and 3 you had the previous weekend. Rusty. Jacob, he went two and two, so he gets half a pepperoni, and for Thanksgiving, we'll give him a uh, peanut butter bone. He likes those peanut butter bones. Can't keep enough of those around. But Rusty, two and two, uh, got nipped on Arkansas. You know, Arkansas ended up being a two and a half point dog because of its COVID issues. Uh, LSU was able to cover that narrowly. He liked Utah, Rusty did. Utah season opener on November the 21st <laughs> was out at Rice-Eccles Stadium in Salt Lake on Saturday night with USC in town. Utah got pounded pretty good, so uh, didn't cover there. Rusty did, though, get home with Oregon State as a home dog and also our Hawaii Rainbows, Rainbow Warriors. We're down 40-17. to 17. Yeah, Rusty. And that late game that really determined whether or not you got out with a push or not, Hawaii was down 40-17 to 17 as a 14-point home dog. Uh, scored a couple late touchdowns there for Rusty. Backdoored that thing. Ended up covering out there at Aloha Stadium. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line. Elsewhere in the Southeastern Conference, how about JT Daniels on Saturday night? against a Mississippi State defense that you saw here in Tuscaloosa. I mean, Alabama had success, obviously, with Devontae Smith going over 200 yards and having the four touchdown catches against State, but it wasn't one of those 400-yard nights for the Alabama passing game. But JT Daniels, in his first start for the University of Georgia, throws for 401 yards 
in a game that was surprisingly close, 31-24, Georgia needed pretty much all of it to get the win over State, but a great sign for the Georgia Bulldogs. I thought, and I thought, I thought in watching bits and pieces of that game that I saw anyway, I thought JT Daniels was better than his receivers. I mean, he had some receivers that let him down a couple of times later in that game. But uh, Georgia fans, very happy, very happy on this Monday with the play of uh, JT Daniels at the quarterback position. 205-342-9904. What do you think about, what do you think about college basketball right now? You know, we got teams because Wednesday is pretty much the start date for the 2020-2021 season. We've got teams literally in the air right now. I mean, I just read, I guess it's Jeff Goodman of stadium.com. He just reported that Arizona State is on its way from Tempe to Connecticut to take place in one of these, you know, start of the season multi-team events, MTEs, I guess they're calling them. And they don't know who they're going to play because you've already had a couple of teams at that event. Florida has paused its operation, was supposed to be up there at the Mohegan Sun. Um, Ole Miss now has paused its operation in basketball. So that's up. We just need Wednesday to get here for the Alabama men's team. Need to get Jacksonville State on over here. Maybe play at three this afternoon. Just go ahead and play the game because it just seems like it's sand through hands when you're trying to get this college basketball season going right now. Teams left and right falling by the wayside. But we expect to have Alabama and Jacksonville State from Coleman Coliseum on Wednesday. That's a 6.30 tip. I'll be there. Looking forward to it. I think I'm going to take the whole fam. That's the plan. You know? little Thanksgiving Eve appetizer. Yeah. And then get ready for that big spread on Thursday. The chocolate lady was already in full effect over the weekend. She makes those homemade cheese logs for the holiday season. She had those going. She had the spiced pecans going with the rosemary. Yeah, she's all over it. She's got the bird ready to go, butterball ready to go. She was very pleased with the turkey prices. What about it, Jacob? For a Thanksgiving spread, traditionally, we asked Lance about this a few minutes ago. Uh, is there additional or and or a uh, alternative protein to turkey uh, in your family through the years, or is it is turkey been pretty much the centerpiece? Uh, how, how does that work for the Harrisons? Uh, well, I'm the only Harrison outside of my immediately, uh, but uh, regardless, uh, we usually have ham on hand as well, and that that really came in handy when I was younger when my stepdad didn't know how to fry a turkey. And it always came out dry, but now he nails it. So now I get the pleasure of having a really well-baked ham and a good fried turkey as well. Wow. Fried turkey is pretty hard to beat, man. A little dangerous, though, you know? You could have a 4th of July-type situation in late November if someone doesn't know what they're doing. I mean, that could be some dangerous stuff Yeah, with those fried turkeys. He's I mean, definitely the, horror the stories, only one around it. When it yeah, they're, they're, they're not hard to find, the horror stories with the fried turkeys. But when you get a, a true technician of the fried turkey approach. It is. It's hard to beat, man. I I could definitely do fried turkey. Uh, We do the traditional roasted turkey. I offer to smoke the turkey on the big green egg. I haven't been taken up on that as of yet, but we do the the baked turkey, the roasted turkey that cooks forever. Um, And then we've occasionally mixed in the ham. Now, Nana down there with Pops, I mean... It's everything. It's start to finish. Appetizers, multiple proteins, 37 casseroles, 23 pies. I mean, you can't go through twice and get some of everything that she puts out. We keep it a little more simplified. We're kind of like the Alabama defense right now. Just trying to keep it simple. Do what we do and do it well, right? Don't get too expansive with the playbook. We just try to keep it to the... The turkey, maybe a ham, you know, four or five good carbs, maybe one green vegetable of some kind, may as well be parsley, you know, on Thanksgiving. And then, uh, you know what else she did over the weekend? She went ahead and did it. And now, see, look, 
She did this on the weekend, and now I got to wait until Thursday. She did. We were talking about cakes and pies last week in relation to uh, Thanksgiving. And over the weekend, she did a homemade graham crust cheesecake that is uh, it's apple. It's an apple uh, caramel cheesecake. Oh, and now I got to sit there and not eat this thing for three or four days. Come on. We're going to head to our final break. We come back. We'll put a wrap on a Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. A cool afternoon with a good supply of sunshine, the high 64. Tonight, clear with the low at 40. Tomorrow, a mostly sunny day, the high 70. And Wednesday, cloudy rain and thunderstorms moving in by afternoon, the high Wednesday at 72. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. For Pops, Rusty, the chocolate lady over at Peterbrook Chocolatier, and the rest of the crew, at Southern Fried Sports, Travis Ryer wishing you and yours a happy holiday season. And here's to a much improved 2021. Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The University of Alabama football coaching staff has tabbed six players for Player of the Week honors following the Crimson Tides. 63-6 win over the Kentucky Wildcats. Jalil Billingsley after making his first career start at tight end and catching three passes for 78 yards on Saturday. He is one of three Alabama offensive performers to take player of the week honors. Mac Jones, he's in there, 16 for 24, 230 yards, two touchdowns. Had the interception there in the third quarter. Another bit of a lull for the Alabama passing game in the third quarter. I didn't have a problem, though, with the decision Mac made to give Devontae Smith a chance in man coverage against a really good corner for Kentucky. And uh, and, uh, Kelvin, uh, now his last name, goes right out the window for me. But uh, I didn't really have a problem with the decision that he made there. And throwing that ball is just that uh, Kelvin Joseph, the corner, the LSU transfer for Kentucky, of course, just didn't get it outside or out in front enough. But uh, Mac Jones is one of your Alabama players of the week, according to the UA coaching staff. Devontae Smith, the third and final offensive player on that list. Uh, 144 receiving yards, the two touchdown catches we talked about earlier in the program. Uh you know, another 140-plus yard game for Devontae Smith. Defensively, Jordan Battle, he had the pick six there in the third quarter. You know, Kentucky just has nothing in the way of a vertical passing game. So at some point, you got to jump those little underneath routes, and that's what Battle did on his first career, pick six, the second interception of his UA career. Had five tackles and a pass breakup to go along with it. Christian Harris led Alabama in tackles in the game with 11. Uh, Dylan Moses went without a tackle. Now, he had a tackle in the first half. I think it was the first quarter. They reviewed a play, and they showed that the Kentucky ball carrier was down, and he was downed by Dylan Moses. The problem was that there was a penalty on Justin Aboigby on the play, so Kentucky just took the penalty, and that negated the play. That was the only tackle that – Dylan Moses had a shot at being totally credited for, and it went out the window. But Christian Harris, with 11 tackles and a sack, his sack there late in the third quarter was Alabama's first TFL of the game. Took a while on Saturday. Special teams, Ali Cahoe, this is good to see. Wasn't a great day for Alabama in in terms of consistently covering kickoffs, but Ali Cahoe did have one tackle on the opening uh, kickoff of the game or the of, of, of the game for 
for Kentucky where it comes to return. So um, I would expect that to improve. I talked about this and wrote about it after the game Saturday. If there's an area where an extended layoff is probably going to impact you a good bit, it's in kickoff coverage because you don't practice full speed kickoff coverage uh, you know, during the week. You don't do it. So most of what you do is going to be on game day, and it showed. Alabama hadn't done much of it, obviously, in the previous three weeks. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line if you'd like to jump on board with us as we get out of here. Reports now out of Knoxville. Tennessee added to that list of college basketball teams that have suspended all team activities. Head coach Rick Barnes has tested positive. So, uh, tough news, but, uh, we do have rivalry week. We certainly hope all these folks impacted by COVID are going to be okay. Um, from the sports perspective, we do have rivalry week. Uh, we're supposed to have the egg bowl this week. In addition to the iron bowl, very interesting that Mississippi state traveled to Georgia with fewer than 50 scholarship players. We learn about this stuff, kind of the protocol on a weekly basis. Don't we? I mean, I didn't realize that teams have sort of a one-time option to be able to play with fewer than the threshold of 53. And apparently that's what Mississippi State elected to do. We talked about on Friday, Arkansas doing a solid for the SEC and getting that LSU game played. Well, it turned out Mississippi State in that same boat as well and, uh, and played well, you know. Lost by seven to Georgia, a Georgia defense that you know, we talk about Kentucky in sort of these negative terms, but uh, Brent Beard brought this up last week on the show. Ask Georgia physically how it came out of that game against Kentucky a few weeks back. Ever since then, the Georgia defense hasn't been anything what it was. And look, Georgia only gave up three points to Kentucky too, but it is a Kentucky team much more physical than maybe some folks expect. So Alabama to come out of Saturday's game in apparently really good shape from a health perspective is a very, very good thing. You're going to hear from Nick Saban coming up in just a few minutes. Nick Saban's weekly news conference on Mondays. That goes at noon. We'll have continuing coverage both here and at BamaOnline.com. The Lunch Whistle on this Monday brought to you by... Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. I hope you've employed the services of Southern Ale House in helping you put together that Thanksgiving spread. If not, get by there one of the days this week in the very near future and have a great lunch. Have a great dinner. Have a great cocktail hour. Happy hour from 3 to 6 there at Southern Ale House on a daily basis. Thanks to Jacob Harrison for producing the show. Thanks to you for listening. Until 11 a.m. on Tuesday, have a great rest of your Monday, everybody. Well, the past